0: Shalom, shalom. Welcome, welcome, world changers. Back at it for another session. We are going to be reading 1 Chronicles chapter 26 through 29, Psalms 127, 111 through 118. Another great night of reading scripture and discussing it amongst ourselves. Amen. 1 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 1. Concerning the divisions of the gatekeepers, of the Korahites, Mesalamiah, the son of Korah, of the sons of Asaph, or Asaph, and the sons of Mesalami- Mesalamiah were Zechariah, the firstborn, Yadiel, the second, Zedabiah, the third, Yathniel, the fourth, Elam, the fifth, Yehohanan, the sixth and Eli Elihonai. Elihoni. That's a that's a mouthful right there. The seventh, by the way, this um, uh, name Yehohanan is a variation of the name John, by the way. Uh, I know you don't really see the name John in the English Bible until you get to the New Testament, but the name John is there uh, many times in the uh in the so-called Old Testament, uh, throughout the Tanakh, so it's not a new name. I, I believe when Zechariah chose to call uh, John the Baptist John, um, you know, they said it, was, it wasn't a name from his family, but it was like it was a name that was that was common in those days. Let's continue here, First Chronicles chapter twenty-six, verse four. Moreover, the sons of obed Adam were. Shehemiah the firstborn, Yehozabad the second, Yoah the third, Zakhar or Sakhar the fourth, Nathanel the fifth, Amiel the sixth, Issachar the seventh, Piuthai the eighth, for God blessed him. Someone asked me a question here on TikTok saying, Why can't you take communion back to your seat? Why can you eat? Why can you only eat it at the altar? Okay, so that that question is in regards to a certain policy that a certain church or denomination would have. Uh, That is, in fact, you know what? All the churches that I've ever attended, including the ones that I planted. and health plant uh i've never had it so that you had to eat it at the altar so that that must be something that's only um uh, what i uh, catholic orthodox anglican perhaps it's it's a it's something that is only um pertaining to to a to a church it's not really in the bible or anything like that it says my mom told me to take it back to my seat but two people stopped me and told me to put it in my mouth. Yeah, again, this is this is church. okay, Catholic. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. I you know what I I cannot really speak to Catholic that much. I I don't have uh I have never really I well, I've, I have been to a Catholic church but not to a real mass, not to like a mass, but I I don't uh yeah. I uh, I cannot speak to that. That's that's a Catholic thing. Yeah, it's, I you say you felt embarrassed. Yeah, I would too. But that's just a Catholic thing. That's not really you know a Christian thing. If you would, if you want to say you know that way, or it's not really a Bible thing. Uh, that just pertains to that particular uh, church or denomination. YouTube, going nowhere says, aren't there some psalms that didn't make it into the Bible? Uh, well, if you want to ask that question to Onea, he'll probably tell you there are hundreds of psalms that didn't make it into the Bible. I am aware of Psalm 151 that didn't make it into the Bible. Um, but apart from that, I mean, like, again, I know Onea, I heard him say before that there are uh, how many hundreds of song, psalms that, uh, according to him, um, missed the Bible. Or I should say the Bible publishers missed them. Deborah says, Shalom. Even Deborah over here on on, or on YouTube says, never heard of that. Uh, question for move says, shalom. And Psalm 94 says, Catholics and Anglicans do it at the altar. Okay. Yeah. I thought it would be like that. Catholics, Anglicans, perhaps even, I'm not sure of the, the Orthodox either. I'm not sure about that. Someone on TikTok here. Is it Pound Town Canada? Welcome, welcome, by the way. Says I was able to bring it to I was able to bring my own wine, just just a small two ounces. I think I I heard about that again, but I'm not I'm not familiar with that practice. One John, one John, one John. Yeah, one John has experience here. Uh, he says, it is because the host uh, has been blessed and is holy and they don't want you dropping it on the floor yeah you wouldn't want to drop jesus right you wouldn't want to drop jesus don't get me wrong i don't i don't believe it's jesus but <laughs> i think you guys know that um i think they do though right they they believe it's like it is the lord's body like 100 percent. going nowhere is it a sin for a man to have long hair well, no, uh, I mean, you read it, you read, uh, we read this before in, in numbers, we have the, uh, the vow of the Nazarite, which is supposed to be the holiest, actually the holiest, uh, vow that you can take or the, the uttermost, how how can I say it? It's the ultimate in Torah observance. Okay. And in that particular, and I mean, you don't have to take it. You don't have to take the vow. Nobody has to do it. It's, it's optional. But it does require that men grow their hair. So. um, Question here on TikToks. Why do so many Christians feel the need to preach God on TikTok live? Well. I, I can't speak for everybody. I don't know. But I mean, you know, uh, people are excited because of their faith, because of what they believe, their doctrine, their experiences. So, uh, you know, so they want to share it. All the power to them, I think. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a lot of most of these guys I, I don't agree with in what they say, but hey, at least they have passion. At least they have, you know, at least they're they're dedicated to something. At least they're out there uh, doing what they think what they believe is right. And that's, 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 a uh, you know, got to give them credit where credit's due. Right. It's just like, why, why do people, you know, talk about cars or something on, you know, or, or whatever it's because they're into it, you know, it's something they're interested in. Someone, uh, so the question is, isn't that what church is for though? Well, uh, church is not really let me just put it this way: if you read this, if you read the scriptures, the holy, the, the if you read the Bible, uh, there is no church. They they met in the synagogue and in the temple daily. They met from house to house daily. Uh, their life was, you know, uh, their life was uh, their life was their life. It wasn't just something. People who just do it in church, th- those are hypocrites. Okay. I mean, they they live. They have one uh, particular practice for church and one particular practice for you know the world. That's a hypocrite. We don't want to be hypocrites. And the question was: the question is, if it was any other religion, the Christians would want or wouldn't want them to do it. So why do they do it? Well, again, I you, you talk of, you're talking for somebody else. Uh, you, I mean. I don't know if you're into the minds of other Christians or not. I I, I am not, um, so I don't know what they would say or do. My personal opinion, okay. You got people out there, you know, whatever they're, you know, whatever these people are doing. If you got someone who's a Muslim out there and they're preaching, you know, what they believe is right. I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, that's their that's their thing, right? So, I mean, why would why would you get uh, offended because of it? I mean, if they're if they're passionate about that. You know, if they're passionate about it, then again, you got to give them credit where credit's due. They're out there doing it. I think there are not enough people doing it. I really do. I think that there are so many people out there that are just cowards and, uh, you know, they're not out there doing it. They are basically Sunday Christians. They are basically, you know, hypocrites that just keep it within the four walls of their so-called church. Again, church is not biblical anyway says churches, most churches are not doing their job. Amen <laughs> oh, to that. Yes, that's absolutely true. They're not doing their job. That's the reason why we have so much problems in the in, in society today. You know uh, the, you know, especially the Western world, it, we're just a mess. We're a mess. Why are we a mess? Because the salt is lost its saltiness. The church is not the, what it should be anymore. You know, all the, they they have degraded. They have corrupt. They're just a corrupt, a corrupt organization for the most part. I'm not talking about everybody, but for the most part, it's it's a corrupt organization. People that just have their own little social club, and if you're part of their social club, then great, good for you. But if you're not part of their social club, they, you know, they they treat you as second class, class citizens. Or you know, if you leave their social club, that's even worse. But it's not really what it should be. It's just like, you know, self-help, just you just go there and you hear some sermon that's just some ear tickling self-help kind of, you know, in, you know, self-help message uh, with a little bit of God sprinkled into it. It's like so it's just pathetic. It really is pathetic. Churches should be doing what they're supposed to do, at least the believers should be. Palamento says. People go to church and leave after service unchanged. That's the problem. I mentioned this before. I'll mention it again because I know we have new people listening here. But you know, every once in a while, there is a, a ray of light that comes through in revivals and in certain parts of the world at certain times in certain places. Every once in a while, there's a sparkle of light. There's a there's a there's a flicker of light, and one of those such flickers of light was back in 1995 I believe it was 1996 back in uh, in uh, in Florida there was a what they called the Brownsville revival back in those days now, again don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not saying everything that they preach is, is 100% but people were changed people were changed so much that the police when they arrested these Mischievous people, or when they arrested criminals, instead of putting them in jail, they would take them to to the church. This, This church was open and going like almost all the time, like, well, every day anyway. And so instead, they knew that these people that were problems to society needed to get changed. And they knew that what was going on in this church was changed lives. They knew that people walked into this church a sinner and walked out a saint. And so they took people to the church because they knew the church did good to people that they would be changed their addictions would be broken their sins would be dissolved they knew that they would repent at least there'd be a good chance that they would repent and that's why they did so it's a it was a wonderful thing and that happens again that happens sometimes throughout history it's happens actually. Many times throughout history, unfortunately, it didn't last very long, but um, at least there was, uh, you know, like I said, a little flicker of light every once in a while. So someone says on TikTok here, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Religion to me is just nonsense. And then later on, this person says, tell me about it. Well, I mean, I'll tell you one thing. Okay. I can, I, I'll speak like, again, I mean, I, I, I said this, what, three or four times so far in the past five minutes, but I can't speak for other people. I'll speak for myself. Um, the only, like, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for what I've experienced, if it wasn't for what God did in my life, I, I wouldn't be here. I'm quite convinced I, I'd be dead. I'm quite convinced of that. There are a lot of good things that are, that happen. There are a lot of, uh, lives that are saved because of, you know, people who are addicted to, uh, substances that could kill them and they find, uh, freedom, uh, their, their marriages are healed. Um, their lives are changed. I mean, I'm one of them. Um, so, um, the problem is it's hard to find a good church. OK, that's the problem. The problem is it's hard to find a good one because I, I, I totally agree. I mean, um, uh, there are so it, the church is saturated with hypocrites. Not just the, um, you know, the lay people or not just the people that attend the church, but also the church leaders themselves full of hypocrites. Jamie Russell says, if God can forgive your sins without the tabernacle, without the sacrifice of Jesus, then his death was not necessary. Is that a statement or is that a question? The problem is, you see, Jamie, this is the thing. This is the problem. One of the things that Paul, because this is all, I mean, this is all from Paul. One of the, it's not from Peter or James or John or even Jesus. Not even Jesus, because Jesus said very clearly, "I don't come for the righteous. I mean, there are lots of righteous people. I don't. Th- th- I, I'm not here for them. You know, I'm here for sinners to call them to repentance." He made it very, very clear. He had all the chance. He had all the opportunity to say, "I'm here for everybody. You know, I'm here just for everybody." But he said the opposite. He said, I'm not here for the righteous. I'm here for the sinners to call them to repentance. And this is the thing. Paulians, Paulians are so caught up. They got their nose so out of joint. They are so hung up on selling points for Jesus. They believe that they are the, a salesman for Jesus. It's like you gotta have a re I mean there's got you gotta somehow make, you know, you gotta you gotta have a selling point. You gotta have a sales pitch. You gotta sell Jesus somehow. You gotta you gotta show people their need for Jesus. Every single person on earth. And I'll tell you the truth. This is the truth, Jamie. Jesus doesn't need, he does not need a salesman. Jesus does not need a salesman. He can do quite fine all on his own. He does not need sales pitches. He does not need Paul or modern corrupt Christianity to try to make it to, to make re, to fabricate sales pitches so that people could, quote unquote, "buy Jesus or accept Jesus. He doesn't need that. Talk about my own testimony. I'll tell you a little bit of my own testimony. As a teenager, I was very foolish. I was very wild. I, I you know, honestly, I did not believe that I would live to see my twentieth birthday. I was quite convinced of that. I thought to myself, literally, I thought, you know, if if I lived to be twenty years old, <laughs> that would be a miracle. And that is how I live I'm not going to get into all the details of how I live, but you can just imagine. I was hardly ever at home. I was always on the street. I was always in parties. I was always doing things I shouldn't be doing. And I thought, if I lived and see my twentieth birthday, I probably—I mean, that's a miracle. I don't know if I will. In fact, some of my friends, they—they did end up passing away at an early age. But I remember doing my thing, and I'd come home at night, sometimes really late at night, and I would switch on TV. And I mean, out of all the things, I I mean, I was, you know, more often than not, I was under the influence of something, but I would switch on TV and I would listen. I I would tune into a Christian television station and I would listen to people that got saved people that were into drugs, people that were alcoholics, people that were ha- living p- horrible lives or sinful lives, and then they came to Jesus and they got saved. And, and I'd be sitting there going, wow, you know, just listening to that going, wow, 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 wow. I, 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 was, I believed it. And at the end, always there was a sinner's prayer. And so I would, I would get on my knees, and I would say the sinner's prayer. And I would do it over and over and over and over again. But this is what would happen. When I did come home, which wasn't very often, I would, I would, I would watch another one of those testimonies and I'd say the sinner's prayer. And I would get up in the morning and I'd go right back to the same old filth. No change in my life whatsoever. No change. I just watched a show and I was convinced that I need to say the sinner's prayer and accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And and I did. But there was no change in my life. Nothing. I went right back to the same old road road to destruction without any... I mean, I was just, just as much on the road to hell as I was before I said the sinner's prayer. Because I was living a lifestyle that was very destructive, very foolish. Until finally, God himself got a hold of me. Okay, God himself got a hold of me. And when God got a hold of me, it was a totally different, it was like a, it was a totally, it was, you can't even compare it to hearing a, a man trying to get you to say the sinner's prayer. When God got a hold of me and he flooded my life with his grace and his power and his glory, and I was changed instantly i knew exactly and when i got born again i knew i was born again and i knew that's when i was born again not when i was doing the, the again the the going through the the evangelical motions jesus doesn't need a salesman he doesn't need you or paul or anybody else to try to make try to make up Because that's what much of it is. Much of it is fabricated lies about why people need Jesus. I'm telling you the truth. I've been there, done that. I've been there, done that. I've been in the evangelical world quite uh, quite heavily and deeply. I mean, I was out on the street preaching the gospel. I was in parks. I was in churches everywhere I could for years, planting churches, pastoring, being like a fill in, um, intern pastor and associate and all, all kinds of things going on. Uh, several different uh, church leadership roles. I've all the things that people say to me, Like in the in the live chat, almost all, except for some of you guys. When I, you know, you you can tell when I'm surprised or when 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 I'm like, wow, that's awesome! I never saw that before. Then you then you know, there's something I've never heard before. But most of the stuff you guys say, especially Paulians, you you Paulians, I I know it very well because I've been there, done that for years. Until I read the Bible, until I started saying, hey, you know what, Lord, I want the truth, God. I don't want what man says, and I want you to give me the ability to discern. I want you to give me the ability to discern the difference between what man teaches and what the scriptures actually say. And I am overjoyed to see lots of you guys on here. Like, I know there are, there are lots of you guys on here that join me uh, every night. There are, there are guys that are that are uh that watch the replays, that leave comments after, the guys on TikTok and so on and so forth. I'm overjoyed to meet you guys. I'm overjoyed to fellowship with you guys because you guys have been this maybe you haven't walked the same footsteps as I have but similar. It's like you've been to church and then you read the you read the Bible and then when you read the Bible it's like, "Hey, I see something that I need to make a choice here. I need to either go by what the scriptures say or by what the church by what the modern evangelical corrupt church narrative tells me. So that's, that's a little bit of my testimony, a tiny bit of it. So someone asked me the question, what does, what, what makes the Christian God the only true, the only true one? Well, first of all, what do you mean by Christian God? And who told you that? What do you mean? What do you mean by Christian God? Because quite honestly, I don't, that word Christian, I'm not really into it because a lot of it's so overused and so abused and so misunderstood. I don't know what you mean by Christian God. You need to give me a little bit more information there. Excuse me. Someone says what you're doing right now is pretty much testimony marketing for God. That's not why I'm doing it. It, apparently you missed the bus. Apparently you, you missed the to- the reason why I'm telling my testimony is to share with why I believe what I believe. I'm not trying to make a selling point. I'm just saying, this is, this is why I believe what I believe. Take it or leave it. I mean, it's not, it's not like I'm fabricating a selling point. That's it's, it's a totally different thing. When I'm sharing with another brother, why I believe what I believe and where I come from. Are you trying to tell me that I can't do that? I can't share with my brother why I believe what I, what I believe and where I come from? It's totally different than fabricating selling points. Someone else says, so X Kiss Kiss X says, is the law done away with? Is the law done away with? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Parabellum says, hey, brother, hey, how's it going? Long time no see. Okay, X, Kiss Kiss X says, I am Tor observant. I just found this account. Well, welcome. Welcome, welcome. I see we got something going on over here on YouTube. Jordan Thomas brother says um, I'm more concerned with people coming to Yeshua than coming to my local congregation and that's that's what it you know what that's what our hearts should be. Uh even churches that talk repentance holiness like John MacArthur uh that are bold can be wrong uh by diminishing Torah. Yeah. Yeah. Tammy says Shalom all. I am from Naples, Florida. And went to that big revival. Oh, you went to that big revival. Awesome. Awesome. Were you there from the beginning or, or uh like did you what what year did you attend? I, I have not been there, honestly, but I I mean I I got so many videos in my in my uh you know, I got so many videos and books and so on and so forth that I having my library from it i feel like i have been there because of because of that jamie says if you find a perfect church run or well, y- you know what if you find any church these days pretty much run pretty much because i mean again the church is not really biblical in the bible any in the bible the believers went to synagogue and to the temple and from house to house daily. They didn't build their own church. again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's that's because there is the odd. I mean, it's it's very odd. You, I mean, you pretty much you could probably find gold in your local stream uh, you know, uh quicker than you can find a good congregation in the way I'm talking about. Um, but you know, uh Believers today, if they were to go back in time to the first century Christian church, I don't think they'd be, they would receive. I don't, I think that they would reject Peter, James, John, and all the elders of the church. I think that they would reject, they'd probably even reject Paul. They probably would. Uh, Because, I mean, these guys, they went to the temple. What do you think people do in the temple? They don't hang out. It's not like Starbucks. What do you think they do in the temple? They don't, they don't, you know, pull out their guitar and start worshiping. The temples for one thing and the synagogues for another thing. So Jamie says that you fought with addiction for years no miracles. Sorry to hear that. Jamie says I know that same experience you describe. Okay. And again, let me let me be very clear. I'm not talking about an experience that is something that that I'm talking about instant and complete and total transformation i mean you instantly and completely get set free from smoking drinking all drug addiction sexual immorality filthy language and completely change your heart in an instant i'm talking about the power of god i'm talking about something that that you cannot you cannot replicate in any kind of rehab not sure if this is a Question: What compulsion to sin remains in the heart of the redeemed? Deliverance for Yod Hey Wow Hey. Um, yeah, I mean you're, you're redeemed. You read, you read one John. Now again, hey, I know you guys are going to jump down my throat for this. At least some, a few of you might. I know other ones. You know what I'm talking about. But you read one John. It. This is not me speaking. This is one John. Open your Bible. It's in there. Okay, it says those who are born again, those who have the seed of God does not sin. It says that he who sins, or well, first of all, it says in 1 John 3, 4, sin is transgression of the Torah. So you're transgression of the law. Okay, you transgress the law of God, you sin. That's a simple, very clear definition. We got the same definition uh, in, the, in the law of God itself. Um, and then it says, if you sin, i.e. transgress the Torah, you're of the devil. In the very same chapter, one John three, right? This is what John says. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't mince his words. He 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 doesn't. Uh, he doesn't hold back, and he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't speak like Paul does. Jamie says, and yet you recognize the Brownsville revival was able to change people. Yeah, what you're you're surprised about that? Apparently, you have no clue what I'm what I'm about, do you? Jamie says, how did that happen? They taught Paul. Did you not hear what I just said? I said, I'm not endorsing everything they teach. Okay. Again, my, oh, my, man, you got a problem. So this Frank, again, asked the same question pretty much, and he didn't answer my question. So you're asking me again, what makes the Christian God the only true God? What do you mean by Christian? Because some people, there are a lot, of, many people believe. It depends. Because some people, <laughs> Christian, Christian can mean a, a hundred different things to a hundred different people. So I, I'm not going to answer that without getting a good uh, definition to your question to that word Christian. Christian God. What do you What do you assume the Christian God is? Voice of One says, "I always appreciate your not your knowledge, brother. Appreciate you sharing here and on TikTok. Peace be with you. Thank you very much, Voice of One. I appreciate you. Considering how much hate I get from a lot of people, I I really appreciate when I get a good when I get some uh, encouragement and a positive um, a positive comment like this. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Voice of One. And Jamie's going off on a tangent here." Jamie, we talked about this before. It's no, it's no use even going into that, okay? Yeah, like, soon the wicked shall be no more. Again, in what sense? Where? In this world, okay? We know that, okay? Like, for example, you might say there's a certain leader of a certain party of a certain, uh, you know, in, in Germany back, you know, uh, a few, uh, back in the middle 20th century, okay? He's gone, But does that mean he's no more? But does that mean that he's not in hell? No. No. Again, man, get your open your brains a little bit. Open your brains up a little bit. Take the blinders off, okay? Open up. Will Sr. says, Salam from Jacksonville. Great to see you, brother. Welcome, welcome. Fearfully confident. Wonderful. Seeing you, wonderful brother. Wasn't, wasn't what Paul rebuked Peter for <clears throat> exactly what he was doing? Yeah. You know, I haven't even read the rest of your comment. And I can tell you right now, yes, it's exactly what he was doing. He rebuked Peter for something that he is doing. Of course he, he did. He did, he rebuked. he rebuked Peter for you know being like a Jew among the Jews, but being like a Gentile among the Gentiles. But Paul himself said that he does that, right? He said, I'm a, I'm like a Jew to the Jews. I'll be like a Jew to the Jews. I'll be like one who's under the law according to those who are under the law. I'll be like one who's not under the law according to what, those who are not under the law. He did exactly the same thing. Sorry, I just I haven't even read the rest of your comment yet. Uh, so wasn't what Paul rebuked Peter for exactly what he was doing? Yes, being all things to all people. Yes, and how can Paul say? Uh, how can Paul saying lawkeepers should be castrated? Uh, be Holy Spirit inspired. What can I say? I mean, Samuel, I know I get questions like this. And I know you guys, you know what? Like, so what do I think about Kenneth Copeland and his ministry? So I, I'm not comfortable with attacking. Like, as, I mean, I, I I talk about people like Marcion way back in the day. Um, but I, Put it this way. I mean, I I could do what a lot of other people do, and all they do is just slander other ministries and other preachers. And I don't really feel comfortable doing that. I'm not here to attack a person. I'm here to attack falsehood. I'm here to attack um, false doctrine, lawlessness, sin. The (laughs) I'm here. I'm here uh, to, you know to shed as much light as I can. Okay. So what I would, I would be more comfortable if you asked me a question about like saying, okay, so uh, this particular teaching, what do you think about this particular concept that I, that I hear being taught? Okay. Cause I, I don't, I don't think it's really godly to just go around slandering people. And this is what people do, right? They slander this guy, they slander that guy, they slander everybody, it's like they slander everybody. And I think that that's very, very counterproductive and not Christ-like at all, not, uh, not even um, being obedient to the Torah. Now again, there are some times, there are some exceptions to the rule, but I, I'm just not, I just don't feel comfortable naming all these names. I've seen videos, and I'm sure you you guys have seen videos like this too. It's like, this guy is of the devil. This is a false. You know, Here's a list of false prophets. Boom! And it was like almost all the preachers, like every, you know, every major preacher in America, you know, like um, I don't, I'm not into that. I I would rather at- attack doctrines, arguments, you know. concepts teachings okay uh otherwise it'd be just ad hominem attacks and i just don't think i just don't think that's a good thing to do i think that that's a fallacy i'm not here to attack people personally tammy says yes um several days it was around 1998 1999 or so it was huge in a big tent okay so the one i'm talking about was um started in 1995 1996 1997 by the time it got to 1998 i think it was kind of it was it wasn't it wasn't the way it was before it actually was only a couple years that it was really 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 hot a a couple years um and it wasn't an intent uh Any questions? Should we be building temples for Passovers? I'm not sure what you mean by that. Temples for Passovers. So we, I have K Atabaki on TikTok. Asks, Do I do you have a Bible with you? Everybody knows I do. I, I always I always hold it up. You know, almost every video I hold it up. I actually, got more than one Bible. I got Bibles everywhere I look here. It seems like Jamie wants to answer for you over there, Frank. Jamie says, Christian God equals the God who sent the Christ. The reason why, again, Jamie, it seems like you don't quite understand why I'm asking this question. Because I know guys, I know people who go to Jehovah's Witnesses. They call themselves Christians, okay? Okay. Uh, I know people who are Catholics that call themselves Christians or Orthodox that call themselves Christians. People who don't go to church at all go, call themselves Christians. Um, all manner of different kinds of churches, all manner of different kinds of beliefs, all manner of different kinds of practices. All these people call themselves Christians. So I want to be clear, who, what are we talking about here? What kind of God are we talking about here? So that's, that's why I'm asking this question. Question for move? Do I have a Torah scroll? Yes, right on the other side of the room here, actually. So Jamie says because Paul is speaking of those who trust in the ceremonial law in, w- in which Christ is the substance, context is king. I I know that I've I've been there. Um, what you need to understand, Jamie, is that I have I've I've been through every single word of Paul's letters on, on YouTube. Uh, it's still up every single word I've, I, I've went, I've read through it all. Um, and I've done, I've done my best to, to say what you say. There are things that he says that seems to, <laughs> I'm being very nice when I say this seems to, um, make it very clear he's talking about more than just that. But I understand. I mean, if you people can, they can look at it all different ways. There's, you know, well, what Paul's talking about is the law of God. No, he's talking about the law of sin and not the law of God. And other people say, well, no, he's talking about the the Talmud and not the law of God. Well, other people say, well, when Paul says, when he talks about the law, he's talking about, well, he's talking about the Holocaust and not, not the law of God. But he's talking about just the ceremonial law and not the moral law. But I mean, it's, it's it's crazy especially ceremonial law the whole idea of ceremonial law versus moral law uh, that's not even that's not even scriptural or is i mean people who spend their lives studying the tanakh um especially in the jewish realm if there's anybody that should know it'd be the people who are you know who really spend a lot of time studying this stuff and i have heard. Them, you know, I've heard them firsthand say, you know, that they are absolutely like, like w- bewildered at Christians who try to try to divide the the Torah. Like, well, we got the ceremonial law over here, we got the moral law over here. It's no such thing. The law is the law. It's one. You can't divide it up. It's one. Voice of one says. I like when you taught about the language of hell. Hallelujah, Amen. I believe you mean that. What I, I always talk about—I've uh, said this before—like don't, don't expect to go to heaven with the language of hell on your lips. Jamie says, "Don't believe me because I tell you the truth." Well, you need to understand that some people don't. You need to understand. I hope you understand that. What you think is truth, other, someone else might not think it's truth, okay? And um, we need to be open. I mean, everybody thinks they're telling the truth, right? Everybody does. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Jamie says, if uh, if God didn't want Paul in his word, he wouldn't be there. What, what? There's more wrong with, is this, is this a contest to see how much, uh, you know, error you can squeeze into one sentence, into how many words? Uh, first of all, uh, where is Paul in his word? I, I assume, maybe you're not talking about this, but I assume you're talking about the Bible when you say his word. And again, Jamie, you need to understand, the Bible is not is not an invention of God. It's an invention of man. Man is the one who said, oh, we're going to take all of these scrolls and we're going to put it all together in a codex. And we're just going to figure out, oh, I think we're going to, we'll, we'll put these ones in, we'll we'll put these ones in, oh, these ones too, oh, we'll leave those ones out, we'll put these ones in. Man, and, man is the one who did that. God did not, God never did that, okay? God didn't do that. So if God didn't want Paul in his word, first of all, where is Paul in his word? Where's Paul in his word? Are you talking about the, the 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 man-made Bible? The book, the library that man put together? Like this? Is that what you're talking about? The Holy Bible? See, people need to understand and it's just it's it's ridiculous that and people worship the the library, instead of worshiping the God of the books that are con- that are contained in here, they worship the actual uh, Bible canon as opposed to the the God of the scriptures. First of all, God who said God who said God wanted it, Paul in there in the first place? Who told who to put God in the Bible anyway? Did God tell them that? If so, where's your evidence, Jamie? Where's your evidence? Otherwise, you're just you're just putting your faith. You're just throwing your. You might as well throw a penny in the wishing well. You're just putting your faith into some abstract, um, unknown, unknown thing. I mean, you you're, you're just throwing your faith in into the dark. That's what you're doing because you don't you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, the Bible is is a man, is a is an invention of man. God never said. Here, I'll give you a list of 66 books. Put it together in one book and call it the Holy Bible. Never. In fact, I believe, according to the culture of the Bible, okay, you look at the culture of the Bible, they kept different books of the Bible in different places. They kept different books of the Bible in different places. They kept the Torah scroll in a special place all by itself. And even in synagogues today, they do the same thing. They, you know, they kept their book, the scroll of Isaiah in a different place. That's why in Luke chapter four, we have Jesus, when he was handed the book of Isaiah, it wasn't the Bible, it was the scroll of Isaiah. It was man who came around hundreds of years after the fact and said, oh, let's just see if we can carve an idol out of these scrolls. Let's try to figure out what scrolls we want to put into our codex and we will call it the Holy Bible. That's a man, that's a man-made thing. If you don't believe me, okay, I, I challenge you to tell, show me, show me evidence of any prophet, priest, or king that claimed that God gave them a list of of the books to put in the Bible again Jamie you don't understand I've been there I' done I've, I've been there done that bought the t-shirt everything okay I know what you're talking about and I'll tell you something you're you're putting your faith more in in man than you are in God if you are putting your faith in the uh the compilation of the Bible that's a man thing it's not a God thing I would say if God wanted Paul in the Bible. First of all, he would tell man to make a Bible, which we don't have any evidence that God has ever told man to make a Bible. Second of all, he would, he would tell them to put Paul in there. And again, we have no evidence of that whatsoever. Very, very, again, it's, it, it, I, I know it. I, I know this very well. I've been there. So this person here on TikTok says, After the post on righteousness, I want to ask, what makes a person righteous? Noah didn't have the law. Well, Noah did have the law, in fact. Noah did have the law. Um, And we know that. Actually, Abel, Cain had the law. uh, Job had the law. Noah had the law. Abraham had the law. Long before Moses was ever born. Moses wrote the law down, okay? The law existed from the beginning. Actually, the law is eternal. You know, Psalm 119, verse 89, you know, your word is forever settled in heaven. Your word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. When David sat down to write that, what was considered to be the word of God? Even at that time, the Psalms were not considered to be the word of God. In fact, according to Oxford University, the psalms wasn't wasn't was not officially canonized as word of god until the 3rd century AD like hundreds of years after jesus okay which would be approximately 1200 1300 years after david wrote what he wrote in the psalms don't get me wrong i'm not saying it's not the word of god i'm just saying that it wasn't officially canonized. So when David wrote that, he said, your word is forever settled in heaven. If you know the culture of that day, if you know the culture, you would know that the word of God, if there's anything considered to be the word of God, it would have been the Torah. It would have been the Torah. I'll get to you, David, in a moment. Oh, we got David with his cigar back. Cigar smoking David. How, how are you doing there? Uh, so first of all, Noah did have the law. And we know that because he it says very clearly in Genesis that he, you know, there was the differentiation between the unclean and, and clean animals. He knew exactly how to worship God. He knew what sin was. In fact, it says that he it says in uh the new testament that he is a preacher of righteousness how could you be a preacher of righteousness if you didn't know what righteousness was righteousness is defined by the law even as paul said you wouldn't know what sin was unless 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 you know unless you had the law so no one knew exactly how to build his altar he knew exactly what to offer on it he 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 knew exactly how to do all of that stuff. He knew exactly how to worship God. He knew how to preach righteousness. He as it says in the scriptures, he's a preacher of righteousness. He knew the difference between clean and unclean animals. All these things. In fa- in fact, you know, uh, today in uh, in um in Jewish circles, they call it the Noahide laws because it was the laws that Noah they knew that they I mean, it's it, They have evidence that Noah actually practiced these laws. So he did have the law because the law is eternal. The law is not, the law is not, the law did not begin with Moses. Okay. And uh, this is one thing, Genesis chapter, uh, another thing too, Abraham. For those of you who are on YouTube, Abraham had the law. Genesis chapter 26, verse 5, God said, Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Abraham had the Torah. Noah had the the Torah, right? So what makes a a person righteous is by aligning yourself with that Torah. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 25 makes it very, very clear. The word righteousness simply means the state of being right. I mean, you are in that right standing with God. You are in the right standing with God. How, how can you be in the right standing with God if there's no way of knowing what's right or wrong? And the only way to know what's right or wrong is by the law, right? Job had the law. How do we know that? Because of how he worshiped. Again, how did they know anything about what sin was? Apparently, obviously, Job knew what sin was. Our uh, Mr. David on here doesn't know what sin is. That's very clear. But uh, Job did know what sin is. Uh, He had the law, the eternal word of God. Was it written down in those days? I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Whether it was written down or not doesn't mean it wasn't there. Okay, if you if you uh, you know you have a relationship with somebody, wh- whether it is a romantic relationship or even if it's just a friend or a you know a, you have a you know have a boss. You are ha- at work. You have a relationship with your with your boss, your supervisor. You know there are certain unspoken rules, right? You know there are certain unspoken rules. There is a law. It may not be in writing. You know, like, you know, don't, you know, (laughs) don't, you know, thou shalt not be rude to your boss. You know that you shouldn't be, you know, you might get yourself in trouble if you, if you, if you do. Okay. So there's a, there's a law that is unwritten. And so, uh. That could have been the case back, you know, previous to, to Moses. I think there was, was a good possibility that the law, there was a, a you know, a book that was written uh, that had the law in it back in those days. Um, but nevertheless, even if there was, wasn't, they knew it. At least they knew it, um, you know, it was the, it was the unspoken law. It was, or is was it like the oral law? Like the oral law, something that was passed down from generation to generation. This is what God wants of you. This is what God, you know, this is what God requires of you. This is how God uh, wants you to serve him and love him and love one another. Wow, guys, I see you guys having like there's so much going on in the live chat. And Once again, I cannot get to all of your um, I'll get to you in just a moment over there. David, I will get to you. I mean, you keep on running away on me. Um, the other night you're like I'll debate you anytime I'm like okay right now you're gone all 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 bark no bite that's for sure all bark and no bite you can't bark very loud with a cigar in your mouth Caballero uh, says thank you thank you for your dedication in speaking truth it's admirable how much patience you have uh, when dealing with haters, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you very much, Caballero. I appreciate this, uh, this comment. Thank you for your kind words. Again, you know, when you're out there and you're doing this kind of thing and you know, you guys, um, if you're not, you know, if you haven't, uh, had confrontation with Paulians and, bib- you know, bibliolaters like I do, uh, you will. And, um, You know, it's very, very, I really appreciate, um, I really appreciate the kind uh, comments for sure. You're going to get, you know, you get what uh, we, Yeshua was hated, right? He was hated a lot. He said in John chapter seven, verse seven, that the world hates him. The world hates him. I like to say that the world hates him. Not just a little group of Pharisees over there. He said, the world hates me because I testify that its deeds are evil. And there are a lot of people today that think they're right with God, but they're not because their deeds are evil. And they think they're right with God because they think that they're, I mean, they're lawless. They have no law. Absolutely lawless. And you know what Yeshua said is going to happen to these people. Not good. Not good whatsoever. Thank you very much, Caballero. I really appreciate you. God bless you. Fearfully confident. Love this one. Moses. Greater than Paul? Absolutely, for sure. You know what? Like, you go back, after spending so much time studying the cultural context of the scriptures and the culture of the people of Jerusalem and, you know, in the first century, even to this day, the Jewish culture, after studying it so much. I am convinced that if if we got in a time machine and went back to Paul and told him about this. And told him that, guess what, Paul, you know, the letter that you wrote to Timothy, you know, that little personal letter that you wrote to Timothy. Guess what? Someone, someone, someone broke into the mailbox and got your letter and it's all over the world in billions of copies right now. First of all, he'd be he'd be really really shocked, I'm pretty sure he'd be very shocked because he didn't write it to the world, he wrote it to one guy, Timothy. And then to say, "Oh, by the way, Paul, guess what? That letter plus, you know, all the other letters that you wrote is in a book, a codex that's called the Holy Bible, the Holy Book, and it's it's in the same it's between the same covers as the Torah. I am I am convinced that Paul would pretty much have a heart attack. I' am convinced he would be appalled pun intended appalled at it I'm pretty sure he would be because even today I mean the idea of how when you when you understand how the Jewish people view the Torah how much respect and honor they they give to the Torah because it's the publicly confirmed, publicly canonized word of God that came with great power and great glory on Mount Sinai. You understand of how, how much, I mean, they honor it so much that every time someone picks up a Torah scroll, they would have a party literally they would have a party they would dance they would sing they would celebrate why because you know what by the way i mean those of you who believe you're christians i say those of you who believe you're christians cuz there's a lot of people they believe they believe they are but they're not you read it in the psalms you read psalm 19 you read psalm 119 you read throughout many of the other Psalms, how much it says that we should be rejoicing in the law, rejoicing in the Torah, how good and pleasant it is, how wonderful it is, how it's more precious than the finest gold, how it's sweeter than honey. By it, men live. This is what, this is what the Word of God says, how, it, how we should rejoice in it. Oh, how I love your law, David said. King David, that is. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation day and night. It is my song. It is my joy. Now you understand why when you get these Paulians, these lawless Paulians coming around and they say, well, the law is a burden. You understand why it's just so offensive to people who actually know the law. <laughs> people who actually know the word of God, it's so offensive. Especially, like, again, especially the Jewish people. Because they don't, you know, because they're not polluted. They're not Paul-looted. Okay? They're not Paul-looted. They're not polluted with, with the uh, ideas that Paul, at least how it's interpreted, in Paul's letters. So this is the problem. I'm getting, I'm getting more love. That by the way, uh, fearfully confident Moses is greater than Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Vinnie says the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, and that that's yeah, the Lord spoke with Moses face to face, and that's the idea, right? Remember when in Numbers chapter twelve when um Miriam and Aaron they're like ah oh, look at this guy Moses oh look at him i mean he, look at the woman he he married if god can use him god can use anybody god hasn't god spoken through us too and god was super offended at that super offended Struck Miriam, struck Miriam with leprosy right on the spot. Boom. That's what you get for saying stupid things like that. Rebuked Aaron. Who do you think you are? Moses, I speak to face to face, not not with any other prophet. The other prophets, I speak to them in visions, in dreams. And riddles and dark sayings not like it's not like that with Moses I speak to him face to face and not just face to face but also publicly face to face nobody had to nobody questioned Moses right nobody questioned him i mean actually they're 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 begging him Moses you go talk to god by yourself cuz we can't stand this anymore so many things going on there in the chat in on youtube i'm going to have to just uh, just um address uh, comments that have at Christopher in it. So if you want to specifically point out something to me or ask me a question, just make sure you put at Christopher in it. I apologize for missing many of your, your, uh, chats, but it's just impossible at this time. Um, seeing how much activity we have over there. It's impossible. It's really impossible for me to get to all of them. Oh our good our good good David over there on TikTok says faith alone right away faith alone Bible David Bible okay B-I-B-L-E Bible okay. If you if you got a Bible, you open it up, okay? It's James chapter two. The only place that says faith alone, okay, in the in the Bible, James chapter two, verse twenty four. I'll read it word for word right here. It says, "You see, you see that a person is justified by what he does, and not." You see that word? I don't know if you know what that word means. Not. It means nada, like. Like, it doesn't, like, this not, negative, no, not by faith alone. David says, are you saying cigars are unclean? (laughs) Is that a revelation? Go ask your doctor. Go get a biopsy of your lungs and see if it is or not. Is that a revelation? Nobody with the Holy Spirit would do that to themselves like that. Nobody. So, someone asked me, so would you say this law was handed down from Adam? Why so few knew it? Well, first of all, how do you know so few knew it? Okay, and and am I saying that this law was handed down from Adam? That's not what I'm saying. Obviously, he he knew... He knew he had some law. We know that Abel, we have evidence that Abel, Cain, and Abel had knew uh the the Torah, at least well enough to know how to what to do to serve God. Okay, so I only read one, actually, not even one chapter yet of what I'm supposed to read tonight. I'm gonna to read the rest of what I'm supposed to read tonight. Uh, Let me just see what we got over there on YouTube for. Bibi says, Shalom to you and everyone here. Always looking forward to your teachings. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bibi. I appreciate it. (laughs) Jamie says, I just can't get past the idea that Paul was allowed to deceive so many over history. Well, let's forget about Paul for a minute. I mean, apparently you don't think that God would allow someone to deceive so many people. It seems to me like you don't believe that God would allow someone to deceive so many people. Jamie, I'll use that same logic, and I'm going to ask you a question. I'll use that same logic, and I'll ask you a question. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. Jamie, let me ask you a question. Why would God allow Satan to deceive the whole world? Why would God allow Satan to deceive the whole world? We'll start there. And then maybe we can get back to this comment here. Tammy says, "Sorry, but it was Lakeland Revival. I had to ask my ex-husband. Uh it was in 2008 and not in a tent, but in a building. I'm lost, but I but it lasted for months." Yeah, you know, there are there are many different revivals that spring up uh, throughout throughout history. And as long as people get changed, as long as they they come to repentance, they walk in. You know, they walk in like how we were saying before. They walk in with sin. They walk in a sinner, and they walk out a saint. Um, and not just by quote unquote faith either, but by in truth, right in practice. Uh, As long as that happens, I mean, it's good. It's good. The thing is, is that these revivals always fade out, right? They fade away. They burn out. And I think the reason why, actually, I'm I I really believe the reason why they burn out is because of being lawless. They they go to more towards the lawless side of things. They get more and more Paulian. And um, they 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 reject the law, and so God rejects them. Cat Cool says, Shalom. Shalom, Cat Cool. Good to see you. Deborah says, Yes, the book becomes an idol to some and is worshiped in place of God. Yes. Let's see what we got here question for move i'm just going to get to maybe one this maybe this is the last one before we read the scriptures if we have more time after we read it we'll get into more questions but uh let me just let me just go here acts chapter 15 or 9 excuse me verse 15 acts 9:15 but the lord said to him go your way for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Okay, so this is the book of Acts. This is Luke, right? Um, There's a few things, right? So Luke, in many other instances in the Gospels, the, the Gospel of Luke, apparently, what is, what is be, believed to be the same author as the, the author of the book of Acts. He contradicted Matthew and Mark and, and John many times, okay? Uh, Acts chapter 15, verse 7 contradicts Paul himself. Paul in Galatians chapter 2, verse 7, he says, I'm called to the Gentiles, Peter's ministry is to the Jews. I'm called to the Gentiles, Peter's ministry is to the Jews. That's in uh, Galatians chapter 2. In the context in which he spoke, he was talking about the council of Jerusalem. You go to Acts chapter 15, the actual event that Paul was talking about. And it says in Acts chapter 15, verse 7, Peter said, God chose me, says Peter. That by my mouth, the Gentiles should hear. And Paul was right there. Paul didn't go, hey, not you, it's me. You're to the Jews, not I me. Mean, what I'm trying to say here, the point I'm trying to make is this. We have to take it for what it is, okay? The author of Luke got a lot of things in, in contrary to Matthew, Mark, and John. The author of Acts got a lot of things contrary to a lot of other things, okay? There's a lot of questions we need to ask here, right? Because according to Acts, Paul was, was, you know, under Gamaliel. Paul was like Gamaliel's, you know, disciple. If that's the truth, why didn't Paul listen to Gamaliel? Gamaliel said in Acts chapter 5, leave the Christians alone. Don't touch them. Just leave them alone. If, If what they're doing is of God, it will last. If it's not of God, it will fail. Don't worry about them. Just do not, don't persecute them. Leave them alone. So what did Paul do? He went not persecuted him. Some disciple that is. Um, I mean, there's a lot of questions, so we need to look at it with a grain of salt. It could to like. Wouldn't it be interesting to have a book of Acts written by Matthew and a book of Acts written by Mark and a book of Acts written by John? I'm pretty sure there'd be a lot of contradictions in those two, just like there are in the, in the uh, Gospels. However, the first thing I want to say is it may not be as accurate as you think it is or you wish it is. Okay, And keep in mind also that Luke is one of Paul's homies, okay? Luke is 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 close to Paul. Marcion, the son of Satan, knew this. That's why he chose the Gospel of Luke and the and the Epistles of Paul for his Bible, his New Testament, okay? So take it for what it is, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's all wrong. I'm just saying you got to understand, okay? If you're talking to, if you're talking to, uh, let me, uh, Dimitri, about his best friend um Gene okay if you're talking to Dimitri about his best friend Gene Dimitri's not going to say a whole lot of bad things about Gene cuz this is his best friend he's going to cover up a lot of things he's going to say a lot of things that maybe not maybe not all maybe you know may not be all that true Luke his buddy is Paul okay So take it with a grain of salt, as my grandmother used to always say. Take it with, you know, consider the source. As my grandma, my grandmother's, my grandmother would always say, consider the source when it comes to when it comes about, you know, when it comes to anything. I'm pretty sure she would say that uh, in regards to some of these um, people on in the live chat as well. You know, she'd probably say, "Christopher, consider the source. Consider the source. Like that source is not all that." But it you know that source is not a very good source, but let's just say it's a hundred percent on par. It's hundred. Don't forget that there are three different three different um, stories of Paul on the road to Damascus in the Book of Acts alone, and they contradict. Okay? I mean, that's another point. What I'm trying to say is this. The author of Acts was not all that careful. I mean, I'm just, this is just a fact. The author of Acts was not all that careful in the way he wrote things. Perhaps he was right when he said that Peter was called to the Jews. Oh no, Peter was called to the Gentiles in, uh, excuse me, Peter was called to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 15, verse 7. Perhaps he was right. And perhaps Paul was wrong in Galatians chapter 2, verse 7, which pretty much says the opposite. I know you can make things, you can reconcile anything. Like I said before, someone says, there's only one car at, you know, on the scene, it was a white car. Someone else says, well, there's only one car on the scene, I saw it too, but it was a black car. Well, you can reconcile that. You can say... Well, there was two cars. Well, they only said there was only one car. Well, that's okay. It's only one white car and there's only one black car. See, we can reconcile it. We can make everyone happy. Or someone could say, well, there was only one car there, but it was a black and white car. It was a zebra car. It was a zebra car. And the one guy only just saw the white, and he just only recorded the white. And the one guy only just saw the black, and he just he just told you about the black. He didn't tell you about the white. You can You can twist anything and make anything work. I don't want to do that. I want to read it for what it really says and not try to bend it, twist it, manip- manipulate it to try to make it compatible with another book written by another author. Okay. I don't want to do that. Having said all that, let's look at what it says. And we'll, you know, just for the sake of talking about it, let's assume that it's 100% accurate. But the Lord said to him, go your way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, and to bear my name before the Gentiles, the kings, and the children of Israel. I know a lot. In fact, I'm trying to think. I don't want to exaggerate. Um, I mean, there was a church I used to attend that was a big church, and they would tell everybody this. say God calls you to the highest places. God calls you to go to the nations. God calls you to go into the world to preach the gospel. You know, God calls it. So, I mean, that. Is that evidence that God picks everybody? You might say yes. And there are millions. I would venture to say there are millions especially of the evangelical crowd, the evangelical Christians who believe that God called them to bear his name to the world. Is that evidence that, that Christ picked everybody? You answer me. Um, so, I mean, best case scenario, assuming everything is hundred percent, everything's a hundred percent here and Luke got it all right here. Like again, there's, We have lots of evidence that he missed a lot of things. But let's just say this is all right. Okay, so Christ picked Paul. Uh, There are many, 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 many that are called. Millions, perhaps even billions that are called. Christ called lots of people. I've had people say to me, well, but, but Christ... Pick Paul because Christ, uh, Paul had the vision of, uh, of Christ on the road to Damascus. I'm like, well, again, okay. Um, I literally know, and I'm, again, I'm not exaggerating, dozens of people who have had visions of Christ. Hey, talk about people like Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn. He says he had a vision of Christ and Christ appeared to him and sent him to the nations. Christ picked Benny Hinn. So, just because, again, best case scenario, let's just say it's all legit that Christ really did pick Paul. Does that mean that Paul is inerrant, that he, he is a perfect God, that he doesn't, he never makes mistakes, that he never wrote anything? That's, Out of hand, that he never made an error, never did, because Christ picked him, just like Christ picked Benny Hinn, it's like Christ picked Kenneth Copeland. My point is this: even if Christ picks somebody, that doesn't mean that they fulfill the calling perfectly. That doesn't mean that everything they teach is right. That doesn't mean that everything they write is correct that doesn't mean that everything they teach is on par with the truth either uh doesn't mean that everything they do is righteous and holy and and, in good and just so that's that's my my take on that um i always say this like at best paul was another brother you know, I'm I'm the way I'm talking right now, I'm talking in the exact same way I would talk if I were if if if, if I met him in person. I would say best case scenario, Paul is he's another brother. I mean, he he was in a p- very peculiar position in the in the in the way that he was able to talk to some of the original d- disciples. He was he lived during the first century he never really saw jesus in the flesh as far as we know he never did he saw a vision at best if that's accurate at best he saw a vision like millions of other other people did so again that doesn't really prove that he is 100% it doesn't prove that he obeyed the calling 100% it doesn't believe it doesn't prove that he knows 100% truth it doesn't Prove anything, really, other than Christ picked him. Christ picked Judas, too, right? I, I'm i like, again, I'm sorry, I haven't read. I did not read a lot of the, the comments here, although I just kind of scrolled down to the last one I got here is uh, one John says to Jamie, in one of Paul's writings, he tells someone to go get his coat. Is that the word of God? Yeah, of course. I mean, This is the last one I'm going to talk about before we get into the scriptures. Um, So the question is, what is the word of God? And again, I, you know, in the mid 90s, you know, after I got saved in the mid 90s, I fell into the same thing that Jamie's in right now. I fell into the same thing. It's like. This is the word of God. 100%. Every word of this is God's word for you. Today, it's applicable, and it is It is valuable, pl- applicable to you today. Every single word of this is God's word for you today. I was in it as much as anybody can ever get into it, and then I started reading it. Then I started reading it. Like, again, let's just quickly... I'll I'll quickly touch on what one John said here and then I'll, then we'll go and, uh, Paul talks like this a, a lot. Okay. In his, obviously this is Paul. I remember, you know, honestly, there was a, an old friend of mine who became a pastor in a nearby city. And he says, he called me one time and he wanted me to be, he wanted to enroll me in, into his denomination as one of the, as a pastor, a church leader. Okay. And he wanted to talk to me about it. I said, okay, well we'll talk. Right. So, you know, we met at the, we we met at the local coffee shop, him and he brought, uh, he brought one of his uh, friends with him, okay, to talk to me about becoming a leader, uh, to basically um, officiate me as is as as, uh, as a member, uh, a clergy, a clerical mem- member of his denomination, and to be a pastor. And so we started talking about things like this, like about whether or not. The every word of the Bible is the word of God for us today. And. I said, well, Paul's letters is Paul's word. It's Paul speaking. It's not it's not God. Now, the word of God is in Paul's letters and in, in certain places he quotes the Tanakh a little box. Well, let me let me just back that up a little bit. He misquoted the Tanakh most of the time. He misquoted the, the word of God most of the time. Okay. That's a, that's a fact. Um, but, uh, you know, apart from that, it's Paul's like, you know, first, first Corinthians. Right here. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse 12. This is Paul speaking now to the rest. Speak. I not the Lord. Okay? Basically, you say, this is what I say, not the Lord. Actually, if you look it up in the, uh, let me see, we'll go to, uh, to the rest, I say, I, not the Lord. So the Bible is very, very clear. Not everything in it is the Word of God. Now, let me be very clear what I mean by the Word of God. someone says on TikTok here, Paul never met Jesus too. Oh, yeah, I actually, I, I just, I said that just a little while ago here. He never met Jesus in the flesh. That is, I mean, at, at best, you know, best case scenario, he had a vision. Well, like millions of other people, he had a vision. Yeah, he had a vision. So yeah. Uh, but he says right here, very clearly to the rest. I say this, I not the Lord. So what, it, when I say word of the Lord, What do I mean? I mean the words that come out of the Lord's mouth. I'm talking about what the Lord actually said. If you got John and you got Mary, John says, Hi, Mary, how are you doing? Mary says, Fine. How are you doing? What's the word of John? What's the word of Mary? The word of John is what John actually spoke. Hi, Mary, how are you doing? That's the word of John. The word of Mary is, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? That's the word of Mary. Mary didn't say, hi, Mary, how are you doing? That's not the word of Mary. That's the word of John. What John says is the word of John. What Mary says is the word of Mary. Simple, simple, extremely simple. A child can understand this. What God says is the word of God. What the Lord says is the word of the Lord. What Paul said is the word of Paul. What Job said is the word of Job. Paul said very clearly, actually, let me just say, this is what I (laughs) said. Some of these people, they're like, oh, no, no, no. Uh, It's the word of God. God actually spoke it. God actually spoke it. See, in every one of Paul's letters, He always says something like this. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God to the church of God, which is at Corinth. Okay, so this is obviously he he identifies himself. He, you know, he greets. The church, the believers, the saints in Corinth. And. That's the word of Paul. God didn't, God did not, if this is the word of God, then God's name is Paul. If God spoke this, hey, you know, if God said, Hi, my name is Paul. I'm writing this to the church in Rome. Is that what God said? Is that the word of God? No, that's the word of Paul. Paul said that. It's super, super simple. So when people say, well, the, the whole word the whole Bible, every single word of it is, 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 is the word of God for us today, I'd say, well, it's self-canceling because it says right in there, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7:12, to the rest, I say this not the Lord. He made it very clear. In fact, these Bible believers, quote-unquote Bible believers, I believe the Bible more than they do. I believe what it says. This is not the word of the Lord. It says right here, I say this, says Paul, not the Lord. So any person who calls himself a Bible believer and says every single word of God, every single word of it is God speaking to us today, I'll say, I believe it more than you do. It's not the Word of God, because it says it's not. Not only that, but if, it's, if this is God speaking to you today, okay? If this is God speaking to you today, then this is what God says to you. God said in, first, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. What? God's going to die? God's going to die? I have fought the, the, the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. What, is this what God said? Is this the word of God? Be diligent to come to me quickly. Well, that sounds like God. For Damas has forsaken me. Oh, that's no good. Having loved the present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Pratians for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Oh, God says only Luke is with him. Wow. That's amazing. Only Luke is with God. That's it. Forget about the hundred, forget about the 144,000, man. I mean, it was only Luke with God right now according to the word of god right get mark and bring bring him bring him with you for he is useful to me for ministry oh so if this is the word of god for you today then you have a you have a job to do you better go get mark you better go find mark it's your job now, again, I'm not sure exactly what Jamie said to 1 John, but I assume it's something to the effect that everything that Paul wrote is, is God's, God's word. Well, then, Jamie, man, Jamie, good luck to you, man. Go find Mark. Good luck. And, and Tychicus, too. Find Tychicus. Okay? And don't forget the cloak. That Don't forget God's cloak. God, because God said to you in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, bring the cloak that I left... With Carpus at Troas when you come, and the books, especially especially the parchments. Hmm. Don't forget those books, the parchments at Carpus's house. Better go find it, Jamie. Better go find it. All right. Let's let's um, let's continue here. Thank you very much, Jules. Yuck Face says, so should Paul even be in, be in the Bible? I, these kind of questions, you guys know what I'm going to say. Um, the Bible shouldn't be in the The Bible's unbiblical, okay? I mean, we should, don't get me wrong. Again, I can't condemn people for having a Bible. I have many of them. So don't get me wrong. But I mean, you know, the, the Bible canon in and of itself is not, is not of God. It's of man it's it's not of god it's not in it, it's of man so really all, every like best case scenario the best thing for them for people to you know i would like to you know maybe one of these days maybe one of these days god will bless me with with a library of scrolls that have you know it has every, what i would like to do is i'd like to take every book in the bible and, and put them back in their original form, in their original state, out of the Bible. You know, got the Torah scroll over here. Got the scroll of Isaiah over there. Got the scroll of Jeremiah over there. Got the scroll of Daniel over here. Keep them in separate places. Maintain their individuality. Maintain their, you know, their own place in time and history and cultural context. And, and you know, get rid of the Bible canon keep the books of the bible but just get rid of the bible canon that's what i would love to do have all the books of the tanakh on in its original format in its original condition on separate individual scrolls instead of having a bookcase maybe a scroll case and paul's letters i would love to have paul's letters in the in the original form that it was written a letter. Not a scroll, not a codex, not a quote unquote word of God, but rather just a personal letter that Paul sits down with his little pen or quill and writes a personal letter, seals the envelope and sends it to Timothy or Titus or Philemon or his buddies in Glacier or wherever. Okay. I would love, you know, I'd like to, this is the Bible. Maybe one of these days I'll do that. You know, maybe one of these days God will bless me with, uh, with that kind of thing. It's like, let me show you guys the way it really was. If you were to go back into the first century, if you were to go back in a time machine to the time of, you know, the book of Acts, not, well, actually after the book of Acts, like when Paul started writing his, his letters, I'd say, okay, look at, we got this. Actually, I wouldn't even keep Paul's letters in the same room. Well, maybe I would. i um, I don't know. But I have like, at least in a totally different area, right? You'd have the scrolls. And then you know maybe on a corner in a table or something I'd have the envelopes with letters you know a, you know, addressed to Timothy, addressed to you know Galatia, you know open it up as a letter, as a personal letter, not written as as a book. Okay. So let's do this. Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter twenty-six verse four. Moreover, the sons of Obed-Edom were Shemaiah the firstborn, Jehozabad the second, Joah the third, Sakhar the fourth, Nathanel the fifth, Amiel the sixth, Issachar the seventh, Peuweh Peu or Pe-u-thai, the eighth. For God blessed him. Also to Shemaiah, his son, were sons born who governed their father's houses because they were men of great ability. The sons of Shemaiah, Othni, Raphael, Obed, Elzabad, whose brothers Elihu and uh, S- Semekiah were able men. All these were the sons of Obed-Edom. They and their sons and their brethren, able men with strength for the work. 62 of Obed Enum. And Meshalamea had sons and brethren, 18 able men. Also, Hosha of the children of Mirai had sons Shimri the first, for though he was not the firstborn, his father made him the first. Hilkiah the second. Tabal, Tabaliah the third, Zechariah the fourth, all the sons of the brethren of Hos- Hosha were thirteen. Among these were the divisions of the gatekeepers among the chief men, having duties just like their brothers to serve in the house of the Lord. And they cast Lot's from the gate, the small as well as the great, according to their father's house. The lot for the east gate fell to Shelemiah Then they cast lots for his son Zechariah, a wise counselor, and his lot came out for the north gate, to Obedidim, the south gate, and to his sons, the storehouse. To Shupim and Hosa, the lot came out for the west gate, with the Shelaketh Shalak- gate. On the ascending way, or excuse me, ascending highway, watchmen opposite watchmen. On the east were six Levites. On the north, four each day. On the south, four each day. On the uh, And for the store, two by two. As for the par bar, on the west, there were four on the highway and two at the par bar. These were the divisions of the gatekeepers among the sons of Korah, among the sons of Merari. Of the Levites, Ahi, Ahiyah was over the treasures of the house of God and over the treasuries of the dedicated things. The sons of La'dan, the descendants of the Gershonites and of La'dan, heads of their father's houses. And La'dan, the Gershonite, excuse me, of La'dan, the Gershonite, Yahili, Yahel, Yaheli? Yes, that's how you would say it, The sons of Yaheli, Zatham and Joel, his brother, or Joel, his brother, were over the treasuries of the house of the Lord, of the Amramites, the Ishorites, and the Hebronites, and the Uzielites. Shubo... Uh, sh- Shebuel, the son of Gershom, the son of Moses, was overseer of the treasuries. And his brethren by Eliezer were Rahabiah, his son, Yeshiah his son, Yoram, his son, Zikri, his son, and Shelomith, his son. This Shelomith and his brethren were over all the treasuries of the dedicated things which King David and the heads of the fathers' houses, the captains over thousands and hundreds and the captains of the army had dedicated some of the spoils won in in battle they dedicated to maintain the house of the lord and all that samuel the seer saw saul the son of kish abner the son of nair and joab the son of zarezariah Zuri- Zuri- had dedicated every dedicated thing was under the hand of shelomith and his brethren of the Israelites, Cananiah, and his sons performed duties as officials and judges over Israel outside Jerusalem. Of the Hebronites, Hash- Hashabiah and his brethren, 1,700 able men had the oversight of Israel on the west side of the Jordan for all the business of the Lord and in the service of the king. Among the Hebronites, Yer- Yeriah was the head of the Hebronites, according to his genealogy of the fathers. In the fortieth year of the reign of David, they were sought. and there were and there were found among them capable men at Yezer of Gilead. And his brethren were two thousand seven hundred able men, heads of houses whom King David made officials over the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, for every matter pertaining to God and the affairs of the king. First Chronicles chapter 27. And the children of Israel, according to their number, the heads of fathers' houses, the captains of thousands and hundreds, And their officers served the king in every matter of the military divisions. These divisions came in and went out month by month throughout all the months of the year, each division having 24,000. Over the first division, for the first month was Yashobaam, the son of Zabdiel, and in his division were 24,000, and he was of the children of Perez and the chief of all the captains of the army for the the first month. Over the division of the second month was Dodai, the Ahuahite. And of his division, Mikloth also was the leader. In his division were 24,000. The third captain of the army for the third month was Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, who was chief. In his division were 24,000. This was Benaya, who was mighty among and was over the 30 in his division was At- Amizabad his son the fourth captain of the fourth month was Asahel the brother of Yoab and Zebediah his son after him in his division were 24,000 the fifth captain for the fifth month was Sh- uh, Shamhuth the Isharite. In his division were 24,000. The sixth captain for the sixth month was Ira, the son of Ekesh, the Tekoite. In his division were 24,000. The seventh captain for the seventh month was Helez, the Pelennite, of the children of Ephraim. In his division were 24,000. The eighth captain for the eighth month was Sibekai, the Hushathite of the Zarhites. In his division were 24,000. The ninth captain for the ninth month was Abiezer, the Anathothite of the Benjamites. In his division were 24,000. The tenth captain for the tenth month was Maharai, the Nataphethite of the Zarahites. Uh, Zar- uh, In his division were 24,000. The 11th captain of the 11th month was Baniah, the Pirithonite of the children of Ephraim. In his division were 24,000. The 12th captain for the 12th month was Heldai, the Netaphathite of Othniel. In his division were 24,000. Furthermore, over the tribes of Israel, the officer of the Reubenites was Eliezer, the son of Zikri, over the Simeonites. Shephatiah, the son of Maakah, over the Levites, Heshabiah, the son of Kamuel, over the Aronites, Zadok, over Judah, Elihu, one of David's brothers, over Issachar, Omri, the son of Michael, or Michal. over Zebulun, Ishmaiah, the son of Obadiah, over Naphtali, Yerimoth, the son of Az- Azriel; over the children of Aphraim, Yo. uh, Hosea, the son of Azaziah, over the half-tribe of Manasseh. Yoel, the son of Pediah, over the half-tribe of Manasseh in Gilead. Edo, the son of Zechariah, over Benjamin. Yasiel, the son of Abner, over Dan. Azarel, the son of Yehoram. These were the leaders of the tribes of Israel. But David did not take the number of those 20 years old and under because the Lord had said he would multiply Israel like the stars of the heavens. Joab, the son of Zeruiah, began a census, but he did not finish, for wrath came upon Israel because of this census, nor was the number recorded in the account of the Chronicles of Kivid. And as Mepheth, the son of Adiah, was over the king's treasuries, and Yehanathan, Yehanathan, the son of Uzziah, was over the storehouses in the field, in the cities, in the villages, in the fortresses. Israel, the son of Kelub, was over those who did the work of the field for tilling the ground, and Shem- Shimmai, the Ramathite, was over the vineyards, and Zabdi the Shif, Shifmite was over the produce of the vineyards for the supply of wine. Baal Hanan the Gerodite was over the olive trees and the sickness that were in the lowlands. And Yoash was over the store of oil. And Shith, Shithrai was uh, Shif, uh, excuse me, Sh, Shithrai the Sharonite was over the herds that fed in Sharon. And Shephat, the son of Adlai, was over the herds that were in the valleys. Obeel, the Ishmaelite, was over the camels. Yediah, the Meronathite, was over the donkeys. Yaziz, the Hegrite, was over the flocks. All these were the officials over King David's property. And Yehon- Yehonathan, David's uncle, was a counselor, a wise man, and a scribe. And Yehiel, the son of Hakmoni, was the king's sons. Ahithophel was the king's counselor. And Hushai, the archite, was king, the king's champ, er, companion. After Ahithophel was Yehoiada, the son of Benaiah, then Abiathar. And the general of the king's army was Joab. First Chronicles chapter 28. Now David assembled at Jerusalem, all of the leaders of Israel and the officers of the tribes of the captains of the divisions who served the king, the captains over thousands and the captains over hundreds and the stewards over all the substance and possessions of the king and his sons with the officials, the valiant men and all the mighty men of valor. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and had made preparations to build it. But God said to me, You shall not build a house for my name, because you have been a man of war and have shed blood. However, the Lord God of Israel chose me above all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever, for he has chosen Judah to be the ruler. And the house of Judah, the house of my father, and among the sons of my father, he was pleased with me to make me king over all Israel. Let's stop here for a second because, you see, it's, I find it interesting that God called David. We know that God commanded David to make war. the Psalms, he says, the Lord taught, you know, blessed be the Lord who teaches my hands for war. Yet, God would not allow him to build the temple because of that. Very interesting. Verse 5, And of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons, he has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Now he said to me, It is your son Solomon who shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever if he is steadfast to observe my commandments and my judgments as it is this day. See, there's that condition. Of course, we know he did not meet that condition. Verse 8. Now, therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God, be careful to seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land and leave it as an inheritance for your children after you forever. As for you my son Solomon know the god of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and be and with a willing mind for the lord searches all hearts and understands all the intense, intent of the thoughts if you seek him he will be found by you but if you forsake him he will cast you off forever wow that's a very powerful thing That's a good question. Like, is Solomon actually cast off forever? Did God even, uh, you know, welcome him into his, you know, into paradise, so to speak? Because he did forsake God, as it says in the scriptures. Verse 10. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the vestibule, its houses, its treasuries, its upper chambers, its inner chambers, and the place of the mercy seat. And all the plans for all that he had by the Spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord, of all the chambers all around, of the treasuries of the house of God, and of the treasuries for dedicated things. Also, for the division of the priests and the Levites, for all the work of the service of the house of the Lord, and for all the articles of the service of the house of the Lord, he gave gold by weight for things of gold, and for all articles used in every kind of service. Also, silver for all articles of silver by weight, for all the articles used in every kind of service. The weight of the lampstands of Of gold and their lamps of gold by weight for each lampstand and its lamps, for the lampstands of silver by its weight, for the lampstands, for the lampstand and its lamps, according to the use of each lampstand. And by weight he gave gold for the tables of the showbread, for each table, and silver for the tables of silver, also pure gold for the forks, the basins, the pitchers of Pure gold and this and the golden bowls, he gave gold by weight for every bowl, and for the silver bowls, silver by weight for every bowl, and refined gold by weight for the altar of incense and for the condition of the chariot. That is, the gold cherubim that is that spread their wings and overshadowed the ark of the covenant of the Lord. All this says David said David, the Lord had. The Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me all the works of these plans. And David said to his son Solomon, be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work of the service of the house of the Lord. Here are the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God. And every willing craftsman will be with you for all manner of workmanship, for every kind of service. Also the leaders and and all the people will be complete, completely at your command. First Chronicles chapter 29. Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, my son Solomon, whom alone alone god has chosen is young and inexperienced and the work is great because the temple is not for man but for the lord god now for the house of my god i have prepared with all my might gold for the things to be made of gold silver for things of silver bronze for things of bronze iron for things of iron wood for things of wood onyx stones stones to be set glistening stones of various colors all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the Holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver, 3000 talents of gold. Yeah. Talents is about 75 pounds and some some places actually. Some uh, sources say that a talent's like almost a hundred pounds. I mean, like three thousand. I mean, like three million pounds, or you know, two million, or at least pounds of uh, of gold. That's that's a lot. Excuse not. Excuse me. Not million. I mean, hundreds of thousands of pounds of gold. Three thousand. I mean, like three hundred, two hundred thousand p- pounds of gold, of gold of the gold of. Ophir, and seven thousand talents of refined silver, to overlay the walls of the houses. The gold for the things of gold, and the silver for the, for the excuse me, the silver for the things of silver, and for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Then the leaders of the fathers' houses, leaders of the tribe of Israel, the captains of the thousands and of hundreds, with the officers over the king's work, offered willingly. They gave for the work of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hand of Yael, the Gershonite, then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a lo- with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord, and King David also rejoiced greatly. Therefore, David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty, For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that would be able to offer so willingly as this for all things come from you and of you and of your own we have given you for we are aliens and pilgrims before you as were all our fathers. our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. O oh Lord our God, all this abundance That we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and all this, excuse me, and is all your own. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of the heart of your people, and fix the heart, their heart towards you. And give my son Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commands and your testimonies and your statutes, to do all these things, and to build the temple for which I have made. Then David said to all the assembly, now bless the Lord your God. So all the assembly blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and the king. And they made sacrifices to the Lord and offered burnt offerings to the Lord on the next day. A thousand bulls, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. So they ate and drank before the Lord with great gladness on that day. And they made Solomon, the son of David, king the second time and anointed him before the Lord to be the leader and Sadok to be the priest. Let me just stop here for a second. It's kind of interesting that they, that they anointed David a second time. This is a question for you guys. Is th- could this be? Could this be a reference to the second coming of Yeshua when he is anointed a second time to be king over all Israel? I see we have questions on TikTok. Yuck face, I will get to you when I'm done reading the scriptures here. Stick around. Verse uh, 23. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David, his father, and prospered, and all in obeyed him. Excuse me, all the all the leaders and mighty men, and also all the, the sons of King David submitted themselves to King Solomon. So the Lord exalted Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel and bestowed on him such royal majesty as has has not been on any king before him in Israel. Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. And the period that he reigned over Israel was 40 years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron and 33 years he reigned in Jerusalem. So he died in a good old age, full of days and riches and honor, and Solomon his son reigned in his place. Now the acts of King David, first and last, indeed, they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, in the book of Nathan the prophet, in the book of Gad the seer, in all his reign, his might, and, and the events that happened to him, to Israel, and to all the kingdom's, of their lands notice we do have and there's a whole list actually I'm not going to get into that tonight that's another whole topic but we do have a list there's a lot of books that's referenced that is referenced in the Bible uh, that's not in the Bible that's lost a lot of books that are lost Um, perhaps one of these days we'll find some more I think we found some you know the book of Enoch the book of um, Jasher the gad the Seer. Perhaps one day, Lord willing, we'll find we'll find uh, we'll find more. Going on to the Psalms, Psalm one twenty seven. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. That reminds me of Gamaliel's. Uh, maybe Gamaliel got his advice, you know, got his wisdom from this here when he said, you know, leave those Christians alone. If it's not of the Lord, it will it will die. It it will it will collapse. It will be self destructive. It will die off. Don't worry about it. Unless the unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them." they shall not be ashamed but shall speak with their enemies in the gates beautiful isn't that beautiful psalm 111 praise the lord i will praise the lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation the works of the lord are great studied by all who have pleasure in them his work is honorable and glorious And his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He has given food to those who fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. He has declared to his people the work, the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are verity and justice. All his precepts are sure. They stand fast forever and ever. By the way, the precepts here are the the precepts of the Torah, that is. Stand fast forever and ever. Not Not until Yeshua comes. Not until the Messiah comes. Forever and ever. And are done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people and has commanded covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Notice, most people do not even know the Lord. They don't even know what the fear of the Lord is, let alone fear of the Lord. Therefore, they have not even begun to be wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Notice how much it says here about fearing God and how wonderful it is, how blessed it is, how people are, like how God protects and blesses those who do. We need to pray. We need to pray that, that, that we get the, you know, that we fear the Lord in this way. Pray for the fear of the Lord. We read in the book of Acts, the fear of the Lord fell upon the church. How many of you have ever been to church that you can, you can honestly say the fear of God fell upon that church? Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness his he is gracious and full of compassion and righteous a good man deals graciously in lens he will guide his affairs with discretion surely he will never be shaken the righteous will be in everlasting remembrance he will not be afraid of evil tidings his heart is steadfast trusting in the lord his heart is established He will not be afraid until he sees the desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Psalm one thirteen. I'm going to go through these psalms are fairly short. I'm going to go through to Psalm one eighteen, and then I'll get to your your um, questions and your comments on all platforms, YouTube, TikTok. Stick around. I will be there. Psalm one thirteen. Praise the Lord. Praise. O servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord for from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high? Who humbles himself to to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth? He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap, that he may seat him with princes. With the princes of his people, he grants the barren woman a home. Like a joyful mother of children, praise the Lord. Psalm 114. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from the people of strange language, in the footnotes, who spoke unintelligibly, Judah became his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea sought and fled. Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams, the little hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you fled? O Jordan, that you turned back. O mountains, that you skipped like rams. O little hills like lambs tremble o earth presence of the lord at the presence of the god of jacob who turned the rock into a pool of water the flint into a fountain of waters psalm 115 not to us o lord not to us but to your name give glory because your mercy because of your truth Why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold. The work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. They have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk nor do they mutter through their their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful to us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The dead do not praise the Lord. Nor do, nor any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard. He has heard the voice, my voice in my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death surrounded me, and the pangs of Sheol, the grave, laid hold of me. I found trouble in soul. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Again, this reminds me of Yeshua praying in the garden. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my ears from my eyes, excuse me, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. See, this is this is the promise of resurrection here. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Actually, this whole section, 8 and 9, is about the resurrection. Verse 10, I believed, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant, the servant of your maidservant, or excuse me, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Psalm 117, praise the Lord. All you Gentiles, laud him, all you peoples, for his merciful kindness is great toward us. And the the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord has formed me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me. But but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surrounded me like bees. Like this is, this is like, I, I do believe this is Yeshua speaking on the cross. Like many of the Psalms is Yeshua speaking right from the cross. They surrounded me like bees. They were quenched like the fire, like a fire, a fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. You pushed me violently that I might fall. But the Lord help me. See, this is what they did, you know, Via Dolorosa as well. All right on the Via Dolorosa, as Yeshua was carrying that cross, they pushed him. They did all kinds of things to him. Verse fourteen: The Lord is my strength and my song, and He has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing in salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. There's the resurrection again. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open, open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you, for you have answered me and and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The Lord, for this was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has is made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. Hosanna, right? Hosanna. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch Atah Bashem Adonai. We have have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God. I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh Amen. Oh Amen. Oh Amen. Oh Amen. Okay. Um, Yuckface on TikTok. Are you still there? If you're there, Yuck Face, let me know. I will answer your question. If you're not there, there's no use in me answering your question. Um, See, so we have on YouTube. Tammy says, "I purchased a Sefer seph- a year ago in hopes to have a more accurate Bible, only to realize it's only a King James version. What Bible do you read from?" Um, well, there is a number of Bibles. I would suggest. Um, I mean there there is no such thing as a perfect translation. I will say though, the Sephir is 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 is. is <laughs> It's not even in my top 10. Okay. I mean, I, I mean I've mean, i read, I've read the whole thing through. I read the whole thing. I think t- how many times did I read it through at least once, maybe twice all the way through. I read so many, I read so many translations all the way through before I even started doing these lives. I forget how many times I read, how many, which translation it was, but yeah, the Sephiroth I wouldn't even put that near in the top 10, honestly. Um, A couple interesting translations I would suggest. Now, perhaps not for you know primary study, but for for reference for sure. Get a Septuagint. Um give me a second here. Let me just grab something on the other side of the room here. I'll show you what I'll just show you the Septuagint that I got. Just give me a second. Yeah, okay. Uh, so some of the top, some of the top ones I would recommend, like in regards to like having a Bible, would be um, everybody's got a King James, although that's not a very very ac- accurate translation anyway. Young's literal translation is very interesting, very good for reference. The only problem I have with with Young's literal translation. The only problem I have with it is it sounds like a King James and the old V's and thou's and begets and all this kind of stuff. But it's really good in the sense that it's literal. It's more literal than King James version. And it's, it is more accurate, I would say, than the King James version. I don't read from it very much. And I hardly ever read from it publicly because of the fact that it's just so much, it's so archaic, but it's good for reference. NASB, the New American Standard, is pretty good. Um, New King James, I read a lot of that. It's just, it's a good flow. Not that it's, again, please understand, excuse me, please understand, I don't endorse any, like, there's no perfect translation. And I have heard over and over again from uh, actually uh, a, a Jewish rabbi. I've heard him say so many times this Jewish rabbi very very fluent in in Hebrew. He said that 80% 80 like 80% of the of the meaning of the original scriptures is lost in translation. So you only get like 20% of what it actually means and what it actually says according to him, okay? Um so New American Standard is good um Let's see if we actually ESV is not. So, I mean, ESV is okay. CSB, CSB is, is, is pretty good too. Okay. CSB is pretty good. The ESV is pretty good. When I say pretty good again, please don't misunderstand me. There are places in there. It's not that accurate. Um, The NIV not it's not so good. Like I wouldn't really say it's like you know when when I first got when I really first started walking with God in 1992 the NIV was my thing. Like it was I was I was like that's that's all I read was the NIV for the most part, at least for a year, couple years. Um, But now that I know more, I see how a lot of the Augustinian uh, like original sin is is really comes across like it's kind of kind of it's yeah it's just not good in the in the, in the NIV. I do read that still from time to time, and I still read it publicly sometimes too because there, there are it, the NIV is still pretty good in some places. It's still good a good translation in some places. Um, the uh, Vinnie says the GNB. Says Psalm one fourteen is a Passover song. Amazing. Um, another thing too, I would I would recommend Tammy. Now, if you this is only for <laughs> if you get if you really want to get super serious about really digging in, get. Um, let me show you here. A Septuagint, Septuagint, okay. The Septuagint is, it's very interesting. I'm not sure, Tammy, if you're familiar with the Septuagint or not. Um, you know, I got this one off of Amazon. Um, it's the Sept—it's the Septuagint with the Apocrypha in it by Brenton. Okay, okay. It's very interesting because you see like in like the original scriptures, like the scriptures, whenever you read about in the scriptures in the New Testament, it's talking about the Tanakh. It's not talking about the New Testament because the New Testament didn't exist back then. And even the even later on in the latter part of the first century, when the documents that. Was. Eventually, you know, added to the New Testament existed, they were not canonized as scripture. Nobody, you know, considered uh, you know the letters of Paul to be scripture, or even some of the gospels at the time as well. Um, They were just biographies. They were just letters that were floating around, you know, amongst different fellowships. Um, But the scriptures were the scriptures was the Tanakh, um, which would be what. Most Christians would call the Old Testament, including the Apocrypha, by the way, and this Pseudepigrapha as well. So there are four main, manus- um, what do you call it, four main families of manuscripts when it comes to the Tanakh. One is the Mesoretic, and that's the most popular. That's that's what most of the English Bibles are based upon, the Mesoretic text. Uh, the Mesoretic text, depending on how, who you talk to, I think Oniyah says that he believes that it comes earlier, like in the earlier centuries. But, in, in, I mean, a lot of sources say that the Mesoretic text was basically... Uh, Nine hundred thousand AD, somewhere around there, like a thousand years after the time of of of, uh, of Yeshua, anyway. Um, and the Masoretic text is called the Masoretic text because it's from the Masoretes. The Masoretes actually kind of solidify the text, and that's what the King James version is based upon—the Masoretic text. But the Septuagint is a different family of ma- manuscripts. So the manuscript, um, there's a the Masoretic, there's the Septuagint, there is the Samaritan uh, Bible. Um, and and so the Septuagint was translated from the Hebrew to Greek. Uh, the Torah was translated about, you know, to... 250 BC <clears throat> excuse me and the rest of it was translated you know after that but it's very interesting because when you read the New Testament and when the New Testament quotes the Old Testament so to speak, um, if you actually check it out let's say for example Paul or even even in the Gospels where it quotes the Old Testament I hate to say Old Testament the Tanakh um, when it quotes the former scriptures, if you check it out, if you actually look it up, many times it doesn't add. It doesn't line up. Like it's not quoted properly at all. But you look at it. You look it up in the in the Septuagint, the Septu in the the New Testament is you know more in line with the Septuagint than it is with the Masoretic text. Very interesting. Um, so another family of manuscripts is. Um, the Samaritan family of manuscripts and that is uh only the Torah uh, only the books of Moses are con- are, are um, included in the Samaritan Torah and that's a, another very interesting uh, study as well. Now the Samaritan Hebrew, which it, this is with the Samaritan this is translated from the from the from the Hebrew, the Samaritan text, translated from the Hebrew is like a thousand years older than the Masoretic text, at least hundreds of years older. So it's, it's a lot closer to the, to the time of of Moses than, than, than the typical Bible is. And it's in, 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 in some places it's, it's different. Like actually some places it's quite different than your typical Bible. And so many people believe that this is even more accurate than the typical, uh, the the common Bible. Um, and then you got the Dead Sea Scrolls as well. Dead Sea Scrolls family of, of manuscripts, and that's you know that's uh, another whole thing right there as well. So it's um, very interesting. It depends on how far you want to get into studying, but uh, I would uh, what I usually do if I really if I really Studying a passage deeply, I would look it up not only in the lexicons of the Greek or the Hebrew lexicons, but also compare translations. Look at all the different translations. Because, you know, you got many different translators. And some some translators might be better than other translators. Some translators might have information that other translators don't have. So I would I would compare a number of, of different Bible translations. And that's my um, that's my two cents. Thank you very much uh, for asking, Tammy. Very good question. One John says he likes the NASB. Yeah, it's very good. It's actually very good. One John says he was looking into the NLT New Living Translation. Very interesting. Uh, but if you want a deeper meaning. Uh, the King James version used with the Strong's concordance is still still the best. That's another thing too. Yeah. If you want to get into like really get into, um, some of the, uh, Strong's wor- like dictionary words, Strong's is only, uh, King James version, um, KJV with the Strong's numbers. Strong's is pretty good, although sometimes Strong's is not all that good either. It depends. Sometimes you need to go deeper than that and go into the lexicons. Great Deception says, I've been reading the NASB for about 30 years. Wow, awesome. Great Deception says, i like the suffer for the Apocrypha. Yeah, the Apocrypha is interesting. All the different books that you, that you can get in, in there. Yeah. One John says, all these are available to read online. Yeah, it's true. Great deception says I read many translations. Exactly. Yes. You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, it says in the scriptures, um, uh, success is found in the, in, you know, with many counselors, you know, like if you really want to find success, if you really want to, you know, get some good advice, ask many people. And so when you consult, Many translations. It's almost like you know, many counselors. It's like okay, you know, certain translations might be off. Other translations might, you know, I find that in the in the translations that I would consider to be the more accurate ones, there are places that there they are off. I believe, and I believe that other translations actually pick it up in the, in 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 those passages and they actually translate it properly. So yeah, it's it's very good to compare many translations. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Tammy says, most Christians have no fear. They see the most high like Santa, like a fairy tale. Yeah. And you know what the truth is? The truth of the matter is what a lot of atheists say is actually true because God is like Santa to these people. And there really is no God the way they believe God to be. Like Santa, you know, and that's the problem. I say this, you know, that a lot of people who are Christians today, or at least they claim to be Christians. They, they, they believe they're Christians. They say they're Christians. Um, their god is is a fairy tale <laughs> not to say that god is a fairy tale no don't get me wrong god is not a fairy tale but the way their god is you know the you know the it's like barney you know you know the big purple dinosaur barney from the 90s you know barney's like i love you you love me it's like the, it, that's their god right their god is like that it's like this one big puffy teddy bear or dinosaur or whatever it's like barney Oh, awesome. Tammy says, I just purchased the Septuagint with Apocrypha and Hebrew Tanakh. Oh, you you got it. You got it. Tammy says, thank you. I do have NIV, New King James, NAS, KJV. I'm glad you said Septuagint. I got the same as you. Thank you. Yeah, very awesome. Uh, it's awesome. Um, if you've... One of, the, one of the most striking things about the Septuagint to me, I'm not going to get into it right now. I mean, I want to wrap it up really quickly here. I don't want to go on too much longer. But um, one of the things that really, one of the most striking things about the Septuagint to me is comparing, uh, let me just give you the right effort, the, the correct references here. Psalm 40, right? Where it, if you... If you compare Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5, 6, and 7 is quoting Psalm 40. And you check that out, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 4, 5, no, 5, 6, and 7, excuse me, 5, 6, and 7. And you look that up with your typical Masoretic text, it's, it, it's quite off, quite off. But you look it up in the Septuagint, word for word, pretty much. Word for word, right from the, from the Septuagint. It's quite amazing, actually. Vinny says, Shalom and thank you, Christopher, in advance. I got to drive home from work. God bless everyone. Thank you very much, Vinny. God bless you. Multiplied blessings to you, brother. I appreciate you. Iron sharpens iron, says the great deception. Yes, amen. Okay, guys. I guess uh, Yuck Face did not uh, stick around. He's gone. So I'm not going to, no use answering that question over there. Okay, guys. Tomorrow evening, God willing, Lord willing, same time, same place. Tomorrow's uh, Wednesday, so Wednesday evening, seven PM Eastern. We'll we'll be back um, doing some more reading, fellowship, answering your questions, and all that kind of stuff. Don't forget Friday, Friday evening. Make sure you got your get all of your uh, all of the, all of your family members and your friends that claim that that the Bible that the you know the 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 Bible is absolutely perfect and no corruptions in it, no no errors in it whatsoever. Get a hold of these people and make sure they tune in Friday evening, 7 p.m. Eastern. We have Onea with us. Onea is quite well versed in the ancient manuscripts, and he's got something to say about whether or not the manuscripts have been preserved flawlessly so we'll talk about that uh any questions or comments or challenges that you have about that make sure you bring it on Friday evening get your get your uh, family and friends um on board and uh well have, certainly we'll we'll uh we have some things to uh to talk about and uh some questions some challenges some good things right knowledge truth faith It's going to be awesome. And so on YouTube, we have one. John says, thank you so much. Shalom. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. Caballero says, uh, thank you for another day of Bible study. Uh, See you tomorrow. Good night. Thank you, Caballero. Blessings multiplied to you, brother. I appreciate you. Great Deception says, thank you, brother. Much love and blessings to you all. Multiplied back to you, brother. Awesome. And you guys on TikTok as well as well as uh, whoever we have over there on Podbean as well. And every other platform that we're streaming to right now, you guys are awesome. You guys are world changers. I appreciate every one of you and your questions and your comments and your fellowship, even those who don't have any questions or comments in the live chat. If you're just uh, in the background there, I appreciate you. Okay, I'll see you guys again tomorrow. As always, I pray the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you wonderful, wonderful shalom. Amen. Amen. See you tomorrow.